Good evening and welcome to Screen Tone Club, episode 45. We are recording this on the 8th of March 2020 for release on the 17th of March 2020. We are recording this ahead of time because uh, God knows what's going on in the world nowadays, quite frankly, and we might as well get these things in the can. Uh, my name is Elliot Page and I am joined, as always, by my absolutely lovely co-host, Mr Andy Hanley. How are you doing, Andy? Uh, yes, I'm. I'm doing well. I'm. I'm still here. I, I feel like this podcast is going to become like a, some kind of dead man's handle for the people of Scotland, given the way things are currently going. Like, if, if we suddenly go radio silent, people are going to start panicking. So, yes, we are here. We are. We are healthy. Yeah, I've even up here in the most mundane parts of the Scottish borders, people have started panic buying, and um, like the local Tesco put out a sign saying, "We don't have any face masks. We never buy any face masks. This isn't unusual." Stop. <laughs> asking it's yeah it's pretty uh, yeah, dumb I, I i feel like this is one of the joys of living in glasgow where nobody cares about anything it's just like people just shrug and carry on like i i, I went to the supermarket expecting there to be shortages of stuff like no nah, not really everyone's just doing their thing like no, nobody everyone just seems to ignore everything i i fully expect like during the apocalypse people in glasgow will just go about their business as usual yeah i'm pretty sure that most of the populace would just headbutt the illness until it goes away like yeah yeah you, i mean no, they won't no, they won't up, they won't put up with it you know be like no i'm not going to be ill fuck you <laughs> so yeah yeah maybe maybe buckfast is actually the secret cure to this entire thing that we're we've, we're sat on inadvertently who knows damn <laughs> the the true snake oil panacea <laughs> so oh weird there's no cocaine in it but everyone's feeling really excited anyway um enough scotland nonsense as always this is your um fortnightly manga podcast we have a patreon if you like the work we're doing please consider throwing one us dollar a month or more our way and you'll get access to our bonus episodes we now have a pretty decent like 15 or so bonus episodes um that you won't hear any other way um of for of us looking at different titles like card captain sakura and so on um so and also that stuff really helps um pay for the manga we read and you know keeps us energized and going um as always thanks and massive shout outs to miss rob jessup who continues to um do silly endurance racing and also support us at the silly tier of 12 dollars a month thank you very much as always rob so, um, first part of the episode is returning champions. Um, I have a very quick note, if you don't mind, Andy. Um, no, go for it. So, I mentioned this on the last episode where 104, chapter 149 of We Never Learn came out, and I was like, yep, yeah, it's ending. And then I didn't know how right I was, because at the end of the current week's chapter, which came out a few hours ago, chapter 150, it ended, kind of. Um, basically, the author... Like it's, I'm trying hard not to ascribe motives to this because it's really confusing and unusual to see it so brazenly talked about. But basically the author has decided that the ending he has written is just one of the five routes and he's now going to do side stories of the other characters who didn't win the Nariyuki Bowl. And so this ending was really short and kind of unsatisfying, even though, quote unquote, my girl won, end quote. And so it's this really weird thing where it's like, oh, it's over. And then it says, oh, yeah, we're going to continue next week with the other side stories. And it's like, well, that's nice, but I feel like he really shortchanged the character I cared about. What the hell? <laughs> so really, I mean, I, I, part of me wants to say, oh, it's a way to try and please the fans and not get them upset at him but also at the same time it feels like it's a way of not having to put too much thought into any single canonical ending that properly wraps up any of the characters um almost it's it's kind of un uh, it sounds sad but it's kind of just frankly unsatisfying at the end of the day um at least sitting where i am as someone who liked the character who quote unquote won 
Yeah, so, yeah. Like I, I saw people kind of talking about that when it happened, and then firstly, I laughed heartily, and and two, like I wondered, like, yeah, my my default was that the guy was probably trying to sidestep like any death threats, etc., against him. Of like, no, no, look, I like all the characters equally; they'll all get their chance, and like this was his get out clause. Even though one of the five routes is kind of. Um uh, not kosher. No, not. I mean, not, I would frown upon it as a thing. Like, let's just say that. Um, so yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it'd be nice to spend some more time with the characters, but at the same time, like this last chapter, chapter 150, had barely any time with the character who was supposedly the one who won, and I, that's probably the thing I'm just salty about, frankly. So it's just me kicking my heels about. Um, but yeah, and how about you, Andy? You've got something put on here for returning champions. Yeah, so by a, a rather circuitous route, I ended up uh, catching up with the remaining chapters of uh, Tis Time for Torture Princess, as it currently stands. Um, the reason that I, I ended up back on Manga Plus because, uh, I suddenly remembered that I was a chapter or two behind on Blue Flag, which we also which is now ended, I think, uh, which ends next month. So I kind of wanted to be up with it, ready for the final chapter, which drops at the start of April. Um, and like, I'll talk about that series once that final chapter drops, cause I'm really curious to see what its final chapter is, is gonna be. Yeah, and I'm M- curious maybe, to hear may- you talk about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll do what if stories for all the other characters. Um, but no, so like, having, having caught up with that, I, I saw in my kind of favorites list, it's time for Torture Princess, and I thought, you know what? As we've mentioned, like up top in this show, the world's in kind of a miserable place right now. I think this is the series that I need to read for like an hour or so, because there's a whole bunch of chapters here I've not caught up on. Uh, so yeah, I just dug in and read through all the remaining chapters, and that series continues to be a lot of fun. Like, I feel like this is probably one of those series where we, we found lots of nits to pick about it at the time of talking about it, but actually, just as a piece of pure kind of simple light-hearted fun frivolous entertainment it's actually really good like it's visually it looks really nice it has lots of good character designs it has lots of good faces and it has a pretty decent cadre of kind of good jokes and things that that run through it and it's just a really pleasant read like you know by this point in the series like everybody is buddy buddy with each other like there there aren't any kind of big twists or shocks it's just like you know what everyone even the, the demon hell lord himself is actually a really nice dude who's he's pretty chill um and so it's just a really enjoyable read of just like a bunch of nice characters just kind of bouncing off of one another like it's still a little over reliant on food as the the quote unquote torture of, of given chapters and most of its best stuff is when it finds ways to kind of move away from that and find other stuff to do like a school sports day i was about to say the exact chapter yeah yeah like all of that stuff is is great um but yeah i know i just really like it like all of the characters are just kind of like they're just nice and kind of fluffy at this point and uh yeah i i just had a good time it was exactly what i needed at this point in at this point in in the world effectively and so yeah i just really enjoyed catching up on that on mass for an hour or so yeah i i agree i I feel like especially it's managed to move away from the like food porn then character making strange creepy face thing and as you say it's moved into more exciting interesting stuff like it brings back characters who are all good fun and it's kind of a nice lark like it's it's real kind of funny and doesn't take itself in any way seriously uh more and more so it's just getting sillier which is perfectly fine because it's good fun when it's doing that so yeah i'm I'm, i catch it every now and then i still get push notifications about it on my phone and i'm like oh yeah yeah cool and i just read it in three moments it's kind of weird where 
you know, I'm not like chomping at the bit for it, but at the same time, I'm really glad when it turns up and I go, oh, cool, I'll read this. And it's like 19 pages of being very pleasant and funny. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, every chapter is is nice and kind of self-contained. Like, you know that you can just dip into it and just read a chapter as it comes out. Like, it's, you know, I, I binged, like, a, well, it must be like about 20 chapters or so, but I could just as happily have just like fired it up for five minutes read one chapter and been like oh yeah cool okay i'll come back to this the next time one crops up yeah i feel like the one weird extra bonus gag in the series is that after you finish a chapter you get a rather strange advert in the manga plus app (laughs) which is usually weird frankly but also you get the like comments from people which are like I don't mean this in a mean way, I swear to God, but they're almost like Crunchyroll tier where people are making weird jokes and like doing silly double entendre. And it's just like, oh, you guys, like there's this weird camaraderie where even if you just scan over them, it's like other people enjoying the series right there while you wait for the next chapter to load. It's, yeah. I know it's extremely minor, but I kind of appreciate it in a really weird way. Yeah, I, I, I have a weird respect for people just for even bothering to leave like comments there because I've never even looked at that and thought, yes, I, I too want to weigh in with my hot take on this chapter it's just you know it's normally like wow this advert really is weird it's strangely kind of hypnotizing and then eventually i drag myself away to the next chapter but i never think you know what i need i need to say things here yeah some of the adverts as i say just really strange it's like what what are you trying to sell me like what is this and then you see below someone has written lol and you're like yeah i agree with you goku weed hit the 420 (laughs) so yeah it's weird the world is weird and comedy is important to take where you find it <laughs> yes indeed so uh, so yeah a, a fun a fun series and, and again like reading these chapters made me think again like man i, I hope this gets a, a, a at least a half decent anime adaptation at some point in time because it feels like this is really it's almost just like an easy layup for somebody to do a relatively low budget but really fun anime adaptation of it seems like everything is in place for that to be a thing oh yeah i can don't know i agree entirely like you know you got funny faces you can add some funny sound effects you could have like a really opulent view of someone showing you a slice of toast and it bounces slightly on the plate and you can imagine the like shimmery background and yeah you can totally go to go to town with all that and it would work really well so yeah yeah and i and i I can already hear the kind of like dark gothic start to the opening theme that suddenly just like gives way to like bouncy happy fun time it's like the whole thing is just it's all there in my head already if anybody needs an anime director who doesn't speak japanese i'm here for you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah you just point at the page and go more funny and it's like okay sure chief yeah Yeah, more more faces yeah i can i can just imagine like some say you doing the like the princess's voice and going from like whore to goony idiot within a sentence and yeah that already said i'm i this already sounds really fun damn it <laughs> <laughs> whoops um so yeah that's returning champions i yeah i want to get your take on blue flag i because i think they took down the intervening chapters of that didn't they in manga plus so. yes annoyingly yeah like luckily i, I just kind of caught up with with everything before all of that disappeared but yeah now it's kind of like the first 10 chapters or something are up and then just like the last three or four um but yeah like it's it's it, again in a slightly we never learnish way like it's at the point where kind of 
the mainstay of the story has closed, but like there is one kind of finishing chapter that's clearly gonna, gonna, gonna drop some things that, that could be really interesting or could kind of like, you know, be, be a bit of a damp squib. So, uh, yeah, I will definitely talk about it a bit more once uh, that has come to pass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see that. I have had some people bless them and I apologize to those people, but after our review, we had some people go, Hey, they just took it down off the service. And it's like, ah, oh, son of a. Damn it! Like just as we tried to get more people to read it, they took it off. Like oh yeah, well. like yeah, like I, I hope there's a method to that madness, and that they are doing something with it to you know make it available elsewhere, however, however that may be. Because yeah, it's a real good series, and it deserves. It, to be honest, it deserves a broader audience than like Manga Plus is probably giving it. So you know, well, I'm all for them doing something with it. At the same time, it seems like Manga Plus's audience is exploding because I mean they've attributed it to the recent takedown of both like Japanese and english like piracy aggregation sites and there's been ongoing discussion of like their their numbers going through the roof basically and yeah it's been interesting unfortunately that sort of part side of it has also been slightly tiring to look at because it ends up being this sort of anyway this is a separate conversation but it's very difficult to kind of remain sent remain unirritated sometimes when getting into those conversations so there's that and so, moving on to the main part of the show, uh, do you want if I go ahead first, Andy? Um, no, please do. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this one. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, so my pick was the current Viz slash Shonen Jump um, hit. Um, I think it's pretty much a hit, as far as I'm aware. It, it seems... is a massive hit, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I tried Googling it, and one of the first things I found um, to get research for this podcast was I found several websites with, like, properly registered domain names of like i'm not going to repeat obviously but they were basically aggregator portal sites to then read scans of it so it clearly must be um big if people are sub- create, buying entire domain blocks to force you to try and read the pirated version yeah i'm, I'm not sure whether it's still consistently the case but there was certainly a point in time where it was out selling one piece in japan so it, it has uh, it has very much blown up in the last year or so damn okay if i still went to comic if i still went to london comic-con i'm pretty sure sh- sure i'd see some of the people dressed up as characters from it um, uh, yeah so one of which would probably be my girlfriend who is a big fan of demon slayer just to, to tip tip my hand as to any bias i might have oh god okay <laughs> so demon slayer also known as um, kimetsu no yaiba which i think is the color changing sword um thanks wikipedia um but it's a manga by koyoharo gotoge it's published by viz media under the shonen jump imprint it's currently at 19 volumes um you can read the entire thing on the shonen jump app if you have a subscription or a limited amount if you don't um it's not complete but i hear rumors it might be rumbling towards the end um, yeah that seems to be the case yeah this is all secondhand um as i say i know some people who follow it religiously uh as said mentioned you could buy it in physical form um from anywhere any good bookshops uh, even my local wh smith has a volume of it which is kind of wild um because they have one shelf of manga and one of those books <laughs> is demon slayer volume one um and you can also as mentioned read it in the show jump app or buy it digitally from comiXology and so on places where viz sells manga so demon slayer is about a character tanjiro who is um, living in the taisho era kind of in this hinterlands living up a hillside with his family in a forest um quite a big family dad's died um, we find out very early and tanjiro is kind of the oldest boy of the family he's clearly trying to fill in for where his dad has left a gaping hole in the family um he's got a whole heap of various brothers and sisters and siblings 
and he goes down to town to sell charcoal, do odd jobs, you know, do little stuff. He's well respected, well liked by the town, and he's a very chipper young lad who, you know, he bears up with his burdens with a smile. Um, on his way back up the mountain to go back home, this old man he knows says, "Hey, no, you, no, fix my fix my furnace and stay here. Like I don't want you going up there right now. There's rumors of a demon, um, demons being something which Tanjiro is initially not quite sure exists, and then finds out yes, they do exist." because one of them killed his entire family um he comes home and finds this awful wretched scene of destruction and death um but his sister um who i wrote down the name of because i knew i'd forget it nezuko nezuko sorry yes nezuko also the one in all the memes and all the gifts um so nezuko is a little girl she's a little younger sister but also again highly responsible very mature um she has survived but is currently out cold and is barely hanging into life um tanjiro puts her on his back and starts to get back down the mountain to try and find some help from town um on the way um nezuko tries to eat him frankly like she gets a bit she gets hangry and decides she wants to chomp on her brother turns out that she may or may not she she's turning into a demon like something has happened to her um the initial explanation is that demon blood got into her wounds and then that is later retconned but whatever um that's tipping my hand a bit and this um, young boy with a katana shows up and says hey no you idiot like she's a demon now um extended fight breaks out um tanjiro manages to protect his sister and also himself after getting yelled at for not being man enough and he is told oh go to this old man he will teach you in the ways of um being a demon slayer and also keeping your sister safe and so off he goes and Tanjiro then embarks and that's just the first chapter which is like a 60 page blowout like it's a very big beefy first chapter which is kind of standard for Shonen Jump works but this is kind of a big big setup um and so Tanjiro wanders off and goes to do training and get inducted as a formal demon slayer who is apparent there is actually a demon slayer core in this um, world of Taisho era Japan um you know 1920s ish era and he goes through a whole bunch of traumas and his basic goal at this point is to find the person who slaughtered his family and turned Nezuko into a demon, get them to turn Nezuko back into a human and put an end to this demon menace once and for all, etc. You know, show and jump fair. So, and also that again, that, that loads of stuff happens in this first volume like he does an extended training sequence he meets ghosts he does uh another training sequence slash tournament on a mountain and then finally like carries on um for reference i we kind of as we have so many subscriptions i read the first two-ish volumes of this series i got up to volume the chapter 15 and stopped and basically i really want to like demon slayer but i don't i really really want to like it because i like the main character tanjiro like he gets shot on by everyone especially and it's very exasperating when everyone's like oh you got a man up but it's like this dude's trying as hard as he fucking can like leave him alone like and he's he's trying really hard with a massive handicap of like his demonified sister who can seemingly understand him but we don't ever she can't speak she has a bamboo pipe in her mouth stop her from eating people and no one quite knows how her how she functions yet as like a different demon-esque entity and Tanjiro, bless his soul, is trying his best. Um, but the one thing I will say is that, like, the initially quite wide open scope of the series gets narrower and narrower and narrower as this, as this continues. Like, loads more mechanics and setup and world structure and architecture gets added to this storyline. And to me, it feels like a massive impediment to my enjoyment because 
I really enjoyed this wide open, like, oh, who knows? Demons are out there. Who knows what's going on? And it gets like sort of tied down more and more and more with more and more rules that come up and stuff. Like I say, like retcons, like initially, if you get demon blood in your wound, whoops, you become a demon if you're not fully dead. But then it becomes, oh no, there's only one demon who can make other demons. It's this guy. And then you meet him in, in volume two. And I'm like, Christ alive, this is moving fast. But also it's hemming itself in more and more and just binding itself up in knots, um, which is really quite disappointing because it just makes the series a lot less interesting to me and a lot more boring because it's so enclosed that you know and instead of it being this sort of rather free and interesting like sword fighting manga like everything like suddenly tanjiro has a whole heap of like attacks and special named stuff um and other sort of trauma and difference like just ways of the world that get added which if anything which as mentioned just kind of reduce the sum of the whole of its parts like it is to me less than the whole sum of its parts as a result of it being so closely hemmed in and just constantly like taking away the mystery um to me and by the end by the time i got to like chapter 15 and stopped for this review i i so i've tried to read this before and came away with this vague feeling of unease and dark dislike and that came raging back into view because it's a case of me sitting there going well i want to like this i like the main character i like the setting but Every time it opens its mouth, whether it be like, um, like, uh, exposition or whatever, it loses some of the magic and becomes much more boring to me. And that's kind of where I am now, where I want to like this series, but man, I don't care. Like, I just, I just, I really just don't care about the way it's set itself up and makes itself more boring at every turn. Um, so I don't know if that's a controversial opinion or, but I, I just found myself getting more and more exasperated and irritated by the series as I went. Um, so yeah, I kind of not going to carry on at this point. I don't know. Is that something you share, Andy, or have you got a different thing? Um, I, I certainly see where you're coming from. Um, I mean, I, I think there, there is definitely a, a core to, my feelings about Demon Slayer in that it is ultimately kind of, uh, certainly from these first two volumes, because I read the first two volumes as well, I think certainly at this juncture, it is a pretty unremarkable shonen manga. Like, it does, it does some good things, but it's, it doesn't do anything like massively groundbreaking. Um, and I mean, I, I guess I should mention like my feelings about it are probably tempered by the fact that I've watched all of the anime adaptation, which a, I think, does a really good job of bringing out, like, the strongest bits of the source material. And also, I think this series gets more interesting when it gets deeper into its story. Like, it, it finds time to have some really big, kind of protracted sword fights, etc., etc., that make good use of all Tanjiro's powers and bring together some really interesting, kind of, enemies, etc., for him to fight. Um, it also expands the cast quite significantly with, with a variety of, of other characters that are kind of pretty regular in terms of their appearances. Some of whom I find incredibly irritating, but quite a lot of whom are kind of likable or interesting in various ways. So I, I do feel like, you know, at least part of my feelings are tempered by the fact that I've sort of seen what comes after these first couple of volumes. <clears throat> excuse me, after these first couple of volumes, and I actually enjoy a lot of that stuff. Um, I mean, I think for me, like, the, the pacing is probably the thing I like about this the best, because I, uh, a lot of shonen manga do tend to get kind of bogged down in training 
you know, training stories, et cetera, et cetera, and spend a long time kind of, you know, putting together like, oh, you know, this is what you need to do to unlock these powers and it takes forever to happen and goes on and on and on. Whereas, like you say, Demon Slayer just burns through that stuff at a rate of knots. Like, you get the whole kind of origin story. Okay, now you're going to have to become a Demon Slayer. Here's your training thing. Bang, you're done with training. Here's, like, your first mission. Like, all of that happens incredibly quickly. And and I actually, I think that is to its benefit, personally. Like, I, I that's kind of what I want from a Shonen series. Like, I don't like series that get too bogged down in, like, oh, well, you've got to do all these various exams, etc., etc. So I, I think the, the pacing for me is actually one of the things that I like the best about it. Yeah, I, so, yeah, to maybe clarify I no, I I like the pacing a great deal. I mean, as you say, it's very nippy, it's very fast. It gets the like, even while it feels long at the time, the actual main training arc is two chapters. Um, the thing I don't like is that with every, I mean, maybe this is a problem of compression, is that every time it changes focus, it adds yet more like mechanics to it, which is the, I'm making it sound like a video game, but it's the part that exa- exhausts me. It, exa- what? Sorry, um, it's the part that exasperates me. Is that. I just don't want any more mechanics. Like it already adds all this stuff and then starts retconning it because it's found a better way of expressing it that makes the series exhausting. Like you have Tanjiro who his initial thing is that he has a good sense of smell, which is itself a strange power that then turns into an almost like lines of death thing and multiple other sort of elements to him, which just seems kind of exhausting where it's not using, like it's not finishing what's on its plate before it demands dessert. Um, to use a silly metaphor, where I don't feel like anything that I've been shown has really been explored or properly chewed um, before it's moved on and introduced yet more stuff. And it's just like, oh, okay, okay, we're doing something else again. Great. Can we... Uh, and that's, that's, what exa- that's what's just kind of annoying. Especially now that, like I say, Volume 2, we've got like a named antagonist who is supposedly, at this point, the reason for all the suffering. And it's like, yeah, you can do that, but you, you're making it so... F- you're bringing it together so fast and like i like the sword fights in this and also there's a lot more of the fact that like the demons are stronger faster than people and so you've got to be a lot smarter and a lot more careful to take them out and that's the sort of thing i like even in the few fight scenes you have seen um and but a lot of them seem to end with tanjiro busting out a new special attack out of nowhere and it's just like oh okay i what there's no stakes anymore great <laughs> like this sucks um so it's that sort of thing that uh, like like the if it had the pace but just didn't have as much I don't know. It feels a very anxious work where it's desperate to introduce more mechanics and more sort of structure to keep you in, in involved. Whereas for my case, I'd like it just to continue being fast and doing what it wants rather than having to explain itself constantly. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think a lot of it comes from my kind of, uh, my willingness just to kind of accept this series on a more kind of surface level of just like, ah, yeah, this is just like a typical shonen romp. I'm you know, I, I'm not going to invest myself too much in those kind of mechanics. And if more things get thrown in, then sure, whatever, that's that's cool. But, but yeah, like, I, I do think you're, you're probably right that it's... I, I certainly get that feeling of anxiety from the series, which, again, I suspect, you know, from what I've seen of the, the anime material, I, I think it kind of manages to get away from as it probably gets to the point where, like, oh, okay, this isn't going to get cancelled in a few weeks. You know, this is something I can actually kind of luxuriate in and take a bit more time with because it 
if if the anime is anything to go by, it certainly kind of slows down its pacing and spends a bit more time doing stuff and kind of building things out um, in in ways that are, that are satisfying as it as it goes along. Um, and it and it also makes more use like further in with with Nezuko, who is yeah, she's great, like, especially yeah. And I I feel like there's there's a problem that that this series kind of perennially has where Nezuko is both kind of like perhaps the best character but also the most kind of hamstrung like it, it perhaps because of the power that she has and the power that she wills like the series has to spend a lot of time literally putting her back in her box and being like no okay she's like written out of this for a while because otherwise you you kind of you're going to enter some kind of like one punch man-esque round where she's just going to defeat everybody instantly and that can be kind of annoying and and, and tiring like even in these kind of first first chapters it, it maybe doesn't show up quite so much but like there's this feeling that you know they have to keep writing her out of things so that she doesn't solve every problem, which is kind of a shame because she's she's great. Um, yeah, they. As you say, it's the Superman. It's the Superman problem where suddenly you have to give everyone kryptonite knives because you made the character too strong. Um, yeah, yeah, which is a shame because she she, exactly. she works really well in multiple levels. Like she's a good anchor for Tanjiro, like rem- reminding him why he's doing all this, um, an emotional sort of support, even though she can't really speak. She's also funny. She's a good comedic um, sort of anchor. She breaks the laws of thermodynamics and conservation of mass, so that's a good one. I like a good bit of physics breaking. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a case where, as you say, they it's a problem where it's like they're having to write her out of it quite a lot, and it it kind of is sad frankly because she's a good character and then when she vanishes it's like oh where'd, she, where'd nezuko go oh there she is again so it's it's weird um yeah but yeah, yeah I, 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 oh, sorry sorry yeah I was, I was gonna say like uh, you mentioned like the the introduction of an antagonist as well like i do really like demon slayer's antagonist like it's a it's a really good kind of menacing character who is not gonna screw around and monologue and and you know hatch stupid plans like they very quickly set up that like this dude is just going to do whatever the fuck he wants to like to you know to to reach his ends and you know nothing is going to get in the way of that and again that's th- there are so many not just shonen series but kind of like series in general that that have problems writing good villains that are just gen- genuinely menacing and i feel like demon slayer actually does a really good job of 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 setting that up especially in, in this you know towards the end of these first two volumes you get you get a real sense of you know of, of malice there which you know isn't always the case with this kind of series no yeah it, it, he's a very affecting like villain which is just makes it slightly weirder when it's like okay he's suddenly here wow um one part about it that i i'm not sure how much it's playing with or how much it wants to play with but seems to flirt with in the first few chapters i mean quite a lot of stuff in the early series seems to get either dumped or updated as the series goes on i mean you've got to transform, transform it from a one shot to an actual series at some point um but like the fact that it's it, like in the first chapter it's mentioned that people don't think demons are real and then oh no they are very real but then it's a case of well are they real do people not know about them are they only known to a few well how do people appraise the demon slayer core like it's that sort of it's some of that stuff that i i maybe i'm think again maybe i'm thinking too hard about in this case where i need to just kind of sit down and let the shonen romp wash over me uh maybe this is a me problem more than anything but i must admit like hearing you say about the the things that the anime does well i might i mean whatever i've still got a shonen jump subscription i might um go back to this and see how it goes from here because i've reached the same stopping point i did last time so 
um i should probably i mean yeah i'll, I'll go back and read some more see how it goes i mean yeah especially because like a lot of the characters that people seem to really glow onto and basically meme up um are have not appeared yet so i mean there's like pighead dude um which <laughs> i see everywhere yeah yeah like there are definitely like again there there are some characters who you will probably hate immensely who turn up perhaps too much but there are also probably more than enough kind of good strong characters that, that are kind of either enjoyable comic relief or just kind of like good additions to the series or all both um and yeah like there, there are some really good solid arcs with some some really good kind of enemies as well that, that get thrown in i mean again i i think that's one of the things that, that i like that you start to see in these first two volumes is like you come across demons that have really interesting powers or in, in the the case of kind of these early volumes like there's a a really good kind of like combo of two demons that have two separate powers that just mesh really well together to to be a kind of an interesting uh, an interesting problem to deal with and again I, I think this that that's actually kind of an interesting like manga v anime comparison because that that did feel like a fight that just like blew by no time at all in the manga whereas it felt to to my memory at least that it got a decent it got a decent amount of time to breathe in the anime adaptation so like maybe maybe there is something to the the pacing there where the the manga does tend to rush through that stuff mm, yeah i mean it reminds me like vaguely of claymore another shonen jump show where a uh, series where that that series had a real bad problem at one point with differentiating its villains um where a lot of them were these like massive eldritch horrors like uh, like body horror type things but they never really found ways to give them interesting powers rather than just oh she's faster oh she's harder oh she's you know and it's like well this kind of sucks that all you seem to be doing is using the power escalator like rather than giving them interesting powers you have to surmount so i mean i love i love claymore but it does have a real bad problem of like oh this one's just the more the same enemy but more or bigger so whoops (laughs) yeah i mean the, the thing that i kind of found myself thinking about after getting to the end of reading these two volumes is that I feel like at least part of the reason why Demon Slayer has kind of blown up in the way that it has is that it is just the right series at the right time. Like oh, totally. We, we kind of, we've reached a point, and I mean, everybody was talking about this, you know, a while back where kind of Naruto and Bleach both came to an end and everyone was kind of looking around saying like, well, what's the next big thing? Like, we need another big hit in, in those, uh, along those lines. Like, you know, My Hero Academia has done pretty well, but that, as I understand it, is still far more po- popular in the West than it is in Japan. One Piece is its own thing, but like, you know, if you if you're new to shonen manga like that's that's a big ask at this point in time and it feels like demon slayer appeared at just the right time to kind of fill that gap and be like hey here's here's a good solid shonen series that you can start reading and i feel like it kind of it it, it almost lucked into just appearing at exactly the right time and being just the series that people wanted at a, a particular point in time and that's not really to take anything away from it but i feel like it's very much kind of it's very much like capitalized on an environment where people really wanted a series exactly like this hey man right place right time it's a skill um yeah i mean i can totally buy that i mean i agree entirely because like like i say tanjiro i like a great deal like the series also like it has the like show the attack on titan effect where like the cover of the first volume of the manga is iconic like you see it everywhere and it works really well as setting up the series you know you know tanjiro with his sister she's trying to eat him he's got a sword he's got his big old birthmark on his forehead um which very quickly becomes more prominent in the manga when it realizes that's a good character sort of signifier and <laughs> you, you know you want to root for him because like 
what happened sucks and you want him to be okay like he's gone through a lot and he's he's got a lot of gambaro in him so you know it, it works it's it, it's definitely a very um gripping start especially it's just that some of the stuff like with how it handles its strengths um kind of wear me out um which is a personal thing but yeah i can see why i agree with you entirely you know right place right time but also it's not to take anything away from it it is also a good idea it's it's a nice it, it kind of has just enough unknowns that you can fill in the rest yourself yeah and I, I think again perhaps much like attack on titan like i'm not a huge fan of the the art style as a whole but in terms of like the character designs and outfits like it's done a really good job of like pulling together a whole bunch of like kind of iconic looking characters just like right off the bat i mean again like talking about oh you could probably go around a comic con and find a bunch of cosplayers like it's it's one of those series that just lends itself to so well to be like oh hey i want to dress as this character because they look cool and awesome or like you know the outfit is is really good and again i think that that lends itself to a kind of like the the mimetic side of things where people want to share stuff to the fan art side of things like in terms of of getting kind of free publicity via kind of social media events etc etc like it's kind of just built for that because it has so many kind of good design elements that really lend itself to that oh yeah like the fashion is ridiculous um mostly because it can straddle that line of having kimono and also western style clothes because it's set in the taisho era and you know it's got this vaguely mystical element to it with the demons so it can totally get away with all that so it, it works really well on that level um yeah sometimes you look at it and think man the people who do the screen tone must hate the author (laughs) (laughs) this looks like a pain in the ass to draw yeah. yeah there are some parts where like the art style is I'd, I'd, I'd probably say scrappy like there are some elements like chapter four or so where it, the quality of it really dips and it looks very much a case of like oh doing this weekly seems to be doing a, taking a toll on you dude um but it does have some really nice one page or two page like sort of just spreads and big big sort of like big ticket pages or panels where it's like oh damn like you wanted this to look cool and you managed and you did it it looks cool so that kind of really helps yeah, yeah, like some some of the big panels of kind of Tanjiro's attacks again, especially when it gets later on and he has his kind of like weird kind of, you know, wave attacks and what have you. Like some of those look really cool. And, and again, like one of the things that the anime leans on is really kind of making that stuff pop. Um, and so yeah, again, like the, the visual design elements like that also, also very strong. But uh, yeah, I think scrappy is, is exactly the word for it otherwise. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll read a bit more. I'll see how we're going. I mean, it seems that I, I kind of have to make peace with the this sort of the stutterings of it coming to life and finding its place and what it wants to tell um so maybe i should go a bit easier on it um how about you Andy? anything less left to say about demon slayer uh, no, I mean, I, I think I'll try to, to read more of it as well. I mean, it's definitely kind of, you know, have, having watched the anime, it makes it a little bit harder for me to be like, oh yeah, like I, I need to see what happens next because I know a lot of what happens next. But uh, I think I'll try and read more of it. I mean, I, I guess my, my final thing to say is, you know, if you're not, typically a fan of kind of like the big shonen tentpole series i don't think this is going to be the one that is going to kind of change your mind on that so like if, if it's not your kind of thing like you know regardless of how big it is this this isn't going to be the the exception that proves the rule like if that's not your kind of story you're probably not really going to get anything out of this particularly but otherwise you know if, if, if you like that kind of stuff then yes yeah, it's, it's probably worth checking out and you know the, the usual viz media caveat applies of like hey it's a couple of quid a month subscription you know there's 
there's there's not a huge investment in at least trying it out yeah totally um i agree entirely i mean yeah it's it was definitely an interesting it was it was a fun little read i mean it's not gonna as you say it's not going to revitalize everything but it's a very good shonen series that misses it also frankly like misses some pitfalls even though it has some laid up for itself so yeah we'll see it's it's certainly like it's certainly a damn interesting romp um if yeah just maybe don't go so hard on it like me (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so that's um demon slayer all right so moving on to our second um series and kind of a very different bucket of fish quite frankly but andy do you want to introduce your um pick for this episode Yes, yeah, it couldn't really be more different. Uh, yeah, my pick for uh, this episode is Danfall, um, a series from, or a, a one-shot, actually, single-volume series from uh, Inio Asano. Um, and um, Danfall is... Uh, I, I really hope it's not too autobiographical, but I'm sure it is in, like, one or two places. Yeah, the, um, that element Yeah, that element freaked me out from the get-go. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so it is the story of uh, a manga artist called Kaolu Fukuzawa. Um, the kind of opening gambit is we sort of get to see him with uh, with a, a girlfriend uh, who quickly becomes an ex-girlfriend as he kind of reminisces about her um, as kind of like a, a weird character in herself who kind of seems, you know, to be perpetually angry about things as, as the author describes it, etc, etc. Um, they end up breaking up and uh, we then fast forward 10 years later um, Kaolu is... Uh, is married to a manga editor um, and he's just kind of coming to the end of what has been basically his big kind of hit series like the final volume is is shipped and done and dusted um, and he's kind of left a, a loose end um, he hasn't quite got an idea in mind for what he wants his next work to be um, he's kind of keeping his assistants on and just kind of keeping them on the uh, on the payroll just to kind of like you know keep things ticking over and just kind of try, trying to keep them at hand for a while um, but it soon becomes pretty clear that the Fukuzawa is kind of having a bit of a midlife crisis really like he has a very distant relationship with his wife like she's constantly kind of out meeting other manga artists and kind of you know handling their careers there's very little communication between them at all um, he seems to have quite the bee in his bonnet about other authors who are, uh, he perceives as kind of being lesser than him, basically, but are selling more than, than him, so on and so forth. And as the title of the series of, of this book kind of suggests, this is very much, uh, for the most part, the story of, of him kind of sliding into a, a kind of downfall of sorts. Um, and the, I think the interesting thing about this series is it feels very much to me like it is fundamentally like a character study. Um, and it's a particularly interesting one because your first perception that you get is all very much via the protagonist's kind of point of view. You know, you kind of see his wife being kind of distant to him. Um, you kind of see him kind of in a bit of a rut with his series having finished. Um, you kind of follow him. He, he then ends up going out and kind of basically like, you know, hiring prostitutes to, to sleep with, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and to start with, my kind of first take on, on at least the start of this book was kind of a bit of a feeling of, of sympathy towards him. It's like, you know, like I say, having a bit of a midlife crisis, kind of stuck in a rut, not really sure what he wants to do. It seems like his kind of passion for manga, which seems to have been the thing that has fueled him for so long, has kind of twisted into an angry kind of hatred of it, um, which, you know, I, I think is is something that 
that probably scares like anybody who is doing what is ultimately their dream job mm. that somehow it is going to kind of pull you into this point where you hate the thing that you loved because it's sort of you know when something is your job it becomes a very different kind of interaction than when it's just something that you do as a passion yeah i think um, so i think what's st- interesting there especially is that his reaction is when what happens quite a few times is people say oh you know you're doing manga you must love manga and he's like don't presume i love manga and you know he even though he seems to idolize manga and especially in conversations with others i mean he still sees it as extremely he still sees it as important he also looks down on everyone else around him and that's what leads this weird duality where he can't seem to make a break from manga and leave it but at the same time he's still intimately wedded to it and hates it and also hates his own work more than anything it seems yes and and i think that's that's the interesting thing as this book goes on because i kind of went from a a point of being kind of sympathetic towards him to kind of i feel like the more interactions you see him have the more you kind of realize that he's kind of a self-centered jerk like the main reason like you know he's kind of hiring girls out to sleep with is not really so much about the sex as it is about having somebody who is just going to agree with whatever he's says kind of without any kind of argument or pushback on it and you know like his uh one of his assistants their relationship kind of once uh once he kind of lets them go from from working becomes a very fractious one and you kind of get to see uh, neither neither character really comes out particularly well from their interactions post that point but he particularly comes out as very kind of bitter t- towards like one of his former assistants um there's also a point where you kind of really you really kind of get the the full view of his relationship with his wife where it's not just that like she's not really talking to him it's that basically you know he has no real time for her he just wants her as a kind of as a conduit to just constantly feedback how good he is rather than anything else and he has no interest in her actual career and you kind of like my perception of him did not a complete 180, but certainly like changed significantly over the course of that story as you kind of get to see him, get to see him for what he is and get to see his true colors. Um, and by the time you reach the end of that story, kind of the, the, the character himself sort of finds their feet again, but only by really kind of doubling down on their worst elements in a lot of ways and becoming even more dislikable. Um, and so I, I find it really fascinating. Like it's not, it's not a, a fun quote unquote read, but it is a really interesting character study that, uh, that goes a, a lot of places, but I feel like it, it, it it does a really good job of depicting the emptiness of that character's kind of life in a sense like it's it's a really hard thing to to pull off in a narrative like it's it's easy to show somebody who's who's got a lot of any kind of emotion but there's there's a real emptiness to like Fukuzawa's character that he just tries to fill with with other things and does a really bad job of it and i think this this book does a really good job of of putting that across and kind of showing somebody who's kind of let let all of their passions just kind of drain away and become twisted in the way that they have yeah, I, I perhaps am less charitable than you, Andy. Um, in the, I absolutely fucking detested Kaoru from the start. Um, mostly because, like, he's clearly in a depressive episode and, like, whatever, speaking as someone who's had depression, blah, 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 whatever, it's easy to judge. It's a fictional work, but never once does he ever actually, like, try to reach out or ask for help or, 
try and do anything, even a cry for help. Like all of his, all of his, um, actions jump straight to self-destruction without any justification. Um, at least, and he, the main thing is not his own sort of destruction, but the fact that he ruins everyone around him like his wife um who he gets divorced from in the course of the series and like he is i mean I, the the one as you say it's very difficult to write a character that you can absolutely detest and frankly just hate from the bottom of your heart and think oh you didn't deserve anything nice that happened to you the fact that you were at a height that you could fall from is frankly amazing and quite shocking and fuck you so i was kind of shocked um by him i mean the the sort of the frame story about the cat-eyed women is interesting um especially because at the end of the book you get like the final chapter which fills out the bit you didn't know about that which is how it all ended and it you know she like the cat-eyed woman the original one kind of had him sussed from the get-go and you know everything around him goes to shit while he's not so much just letting it happen or it's happening to him but he's actively accelerating it like i mean there is there you mentioned the former assistant who he initially does a small disservice to and she then blows it up and they end up with a rather big falling out and even at a time of possible rapprochement later on she says something that both triggers him massively and also something really cruel but accurate which lays him bare and basically leaves him completely empty and then his ex-wife shows up and that is like like so quick warn like trigger warning for sexual assault in this manga which was you know you could i was almost i was fearful that it would happen and it did but it handled it in probably one of the better ways it could. But yeah, I, I fucking hated Kaoru from the get go. And it became a series that kind of gnawed at me. Like I read it in a single sitting because mostly I wanted to get it done with because I feared that once I put it down, I wouldn't want to pick it back up again. Um, but yeah, I end up, I, I pray to goodness that it's not autobiographical. Um, and especially like some parts of it separately, um, where even sometimes the characters like when, when he visits prostitutes and, the one part I kind of can't forgive is that they're drawn, like in multiple cases, they're drawn extremely unflatteringly by Asano. And that's not a case of Kaoru, the uh, character being a shit. It's the case of Asano, like drawing these comedic looking characters. And it's like, this is a bit rude and a bit cruel, dude. Like I'm not on, I'm not up with this. I mean, I know you're trying to obviously play this off for a laugh and use it as levity to counterbalance with this dour fuckhead. But, it doesn't work for me and kind of came off being very cruel to people who were, if anything, doing a very good job of trying to cheer him up, even if just for 90 minute sessions. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that thing in particular, like, I, I mean, I, I think I have a few takes on why they, they, those characters were depicted the way that they were again. Like, I think at least part of it is trying to put across that, you know, because I is not really visiting these or having these people visit them for the sex. Like, it's very much for, his own kind of like self edifice where he has somebody who will, yeah, feel, feel sorry for him or just agree with all the things that he says. And like, yeah, it's probably not the greatest way to do that. Um, but that was kind of my read of that at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like it was very much a case for me that seeing that character initially, I at least wanted to give them enough rope to hang themselves with, I guess. Like there's a feeling that like, Hey, like this person is kind of in a, tough spot for the 
And, and I can, I can kind of appreciate that. Like when you've had like, you know, 10 years of, you know, marriage and career success and suddenly a lot of that stuff is maybe at least kind of starting to fall apart. Like that's a really hard thing for a person to have to deal with. And so I was very willing to say like, Hey, like I can understand. I can understand this protagonist making mistakes and picking the wrong choices in the hope that at some point they would figure some shit out for themselves. And I think that was what turned it around for me, the realisation that not only were they not going to figure out that stuff out, it's that they actively didn't want to. No, especially and because like, every time that there's a setup that or someone gives him a bit of rope with which to redeem himself and pull himself out of this hole he's in, he immediately shoots himself in the foot. I'm mixing metaphors again, sorry. But you know what I mean? It's it, That's what like drove me to hate him even more, is the fact that like people would make space for him and say, okay, you're clearly in a toxic mind space and a toxic environment. Like you've, you've gotten yourself into this insane stricture where he's haunted by the fact that the, towards the end of his book, his, his 15 volume manga run, the print runs got cut and he was like personally hurt by that because he's been told that, you know, he needs to sell copies and he gets himself obsessed with the idea of selling more means you're more of a person and he constantly reinforces and sets that up. So, you know, it is a case where it's, this is a, this is not an instantaneous thing. It's a long going, like psycho- psychological stricture he's ruined himself with of this, demand that he sell more books and that he dislikes he's come to dislike his wife because she's an editor still and is working with other prominent authors who are much more out there and he is also pushing her away because he's fearful of ruining her life even though he's basically already done that and it's just i mean there is some structure there is some parts of it where you can say okay yeah he's someone who has become toxic in his own environment because he's made this paddling pool of shit for himself but the thing that, as I say, I couldn't forgive was that at no point does he ever earnestly try to reach out or take anyone up on his attempt, on his, on his, um, like times to pull himself out, which is just what kind of lost me about the series. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of the, the smart thing about, as you mentioned, you know, the, the story ends as, as it begins, you know, with talking about that, that cat-eyed girlfriend and the, the way it, it moves you back to that and kind of, gives you a full window of like no this is who this person always was like yeah. this is not something that they really became over the course of, of years which was kind of like my my starting point my starting assumption it's just like no this what you have seen has been this person and it's how they've behaved their entire life and I mean you know the, the biggest frustration I guess is seeing them reach another level of kind of at least career success off of basically doubling down on being a complete jerk that is obsessed with sales and you know, pushing everything else aside. Yeah, well, the, the mask comes off. Like, the mask comes off. He, yeah. he basically realizes that he, he should stop faking being nice because everyone else has figured it out, or at least some people have figured it out enough that he doesn't need to fake this mask of being pleasant and wanting the love of manga. And instead he's just, oh no, if I take the mask off and it's easier for me because I can be a shit and, dump 12 pages onto my assistants while I go to a book signing and have this girl who I've um, been exchanging tweets with come and shake my hand and cry. And it's like, wow, that, I mean, I think at that point, that's maybe the one chink in it where he kind of realizes, oh, I'm a massive fraud. Like I actually helped this person even while I was being a shit. Um, and like, I think again, the reason why he fears the cat eye women is because like his girlfriend in university was the first one to see entirely through him and go, Oh, you're a, you're a monster. You're a horrible person. And then the other girl he meets 
during this the other prostitute he goes out with um is seen as this like manic pixie dream girl almost but who also sees him and goes oh oh i see what you are and she quickly figures out to keep the fuck away from him which was smart frankly on her point of view yeah yeah i mean that that whole thing was really interestingly played out because yeah again like the, the, there were a lot of directions that could have gone in and then in the end it kind of it, it really again helps to hammer home that that big kind of overall overarching point but yeah i mean it, it is kind of interesting with that that girl girl from social media because yeah like you say that is that is the one moment where i again i thought maybe this is going to be the moment where it all turns around and it's been like oh this is the realization that you know of of not what I've become, but what I've always been. And, you know, some kind of, some kind of revelation there. But again, that just seems to get pushed into the background as he just carries on, you know, do, doing what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And as I say, like, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely a massive work to make a series of a protagonist so fucking wretched and detestable as Kaoru. But the one thing that fits, makes me slightly fearful of this is that, I hope this isn't that autobiographical because holy shit, some of this stuff is extremely dark and just really toxic, especially with when it comes to um, Kaoru and his ex-wife, um, who he basically ruins the life of entirely, um, even while she's, you know, she she makes all the space she can for him in her own busy life. And the one thing that makes me slightly fearful is that there are clear references. I mean, there's very much, um, you know, serial numbers rubbed off versions of other manga artists. Like there's very clearly a Higashimura style character um, who pops up um, several times as being another big selling manga author um in his sort of purview and view um who like you know the amount of things that are dropped about that it's like oh no this is totally higashimura this is totally her as a secondary character who only pops up once to say hello (laughs) and offer nice words so that kind of sounds about right um but yeah it's it's really it's also like i gotta admit reading it all in one go was probably what pushed me over into being quite down on it if or just exasp or just really beaten up by it it's very it's there's something to be said for it being a very effective manga like it worked really well at making me fucking hate this guy and come out of it feeling kind of shitty like it was pretty dire me reading this um but yeah it's fascinating um on nicer note for me to actually say something nice um inio nasano once again drawing really shitty messed up places really well um like strewn with bags of garbage and manga everywhere and you can see like in the spaces the actual like mirror of what's happening in the world in the characters lives like when they're boxing up all the stuff in the flat and things have been pushed to one side and you can kind of see all that and it you know it, it does an awful lot of water carrying for the characters where it, you, the setting can then show you everything you need to for what's going to happen of the advancement of the horrible events <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the attention to detail yeah as as with all of his work is is really kind of something else and yeah it, it definitely adds a layer to it and I, I do you know like his his general art style character designs etc etc like like you say sometimes it can be used questionably but you know there is definitely a, a real sheen and, and polish to uh to all of his work and that's certainly certainly no different here um but yeah it, i mean this 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 is a weird kind of book in terms of like, oh, I recommend you read this because it is not an easy read. It's certainly not a pleasant read, but I did find it fascinating. Like I, 
I, I kind of like these sort of character studies of characters that turn out to be detestable, you know, like things like the the movie, which I believe was a, a book to start with, like There Will Be Blood, things like that. Like, I, I find those kind of characters interesting, even though they are incredibly hard to kind of read or watch. And so I, I appreciated it from that point of view. Like I say, like, I, I do I do have the, the same kind of sense of terror that any of this is in any way autobiographical. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know, I... I liked it in in a in a very weird kind of caveated way of like this is not really something that you read to like it's kind of something that you read to be interested by yeah it's it's a very interesting like counter counterpiece to manga and like um emotion like you know work sorry I'll start again it's a very interesting like I suppose counterpiece or just sort of a accompaniment um like breaking out of its normal strictures to like creation creative work manga in particular and creative work in general um from the point of view of an author who has had like his star rise and fall and damn it oh. so yeah yeah who has had their yeah. star rise and fall yeah in different at different times and to different degrees yeah 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 i mean it's it, it's i i guess that that was sort of one of the things that surprised me about this is i, I expected it was maybe going to go a little bit kind of deeper into sort of you know the manga industry stuff and it kind of doesn't really too much yeah, like I it's don't kind think of very it, I don't much think it just does really um because yeah i mean i don't I, I don't think it'd be fair to try and indict the manga industry when it's this character who's the fuck up so <laughs> yeah yeah exactly again i was maybe uh, pa- perhaps kind of preconceived to expect it would be like oh yeah this is the the these are the the problems that have caused this to occur but it's like no as it turns out guy's just a jerk yeah it's it's really fascinating especially but yeah as i say it it was this sort of it was a book that very much robbed me up as someone who has like i mean i can understand the thing i can understand i can understand where karu is coming from like i have gone through similar sort of feelings about things i work on etc but just the the utter way he just smashes everything is really unpleasant to watch and also his fucking cat dies in the middle of it what the fuck that cat was totally harmless what a cute cat um yeah yeah more 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 cats please. yeah more cats please but yeah it's it's interesting but yeah i'm, I'm probably gonna quite frankly i'm probably gonna sit and digest it for a few more weeks yet because it's you know it, it, to use rather hackneyed phrase it will not leave you indifferent um <laughs> yes yeah absolutely yeah and i, I do suspect actually you know because I, I only read this like a, a little uh, kind of over 24 hours ago at the time of recording same. this i do suspect this is going to be something that's going to kind of keep popping up in my head with additional kind of thoughts and etc etc because even in the day since reading this i've like i've had at least one moment where i've just kind of like gone rushing back to my notepad to scroll something down because it's kind of so, something else has kind of clicked into my head around kind of the character's behavior and patterns that's been like oh okay yeah that's kind of you know i kind of see where it was going with that and uh, i i suspect that may well continue as it continues to to percolate in my head yeah to give a look behind the curtain i found i I first found out about downfall and i read an article on um the comics journal um by joe mcculloch um, which is the article i tried to reference at the start of this review and forgot the name of um it's called the artist's life and death redundant um it's very good it's a it's a good long read about this about this um series i recommend it and um, after I read that, I was like, well, I want to cover this for Screen Tone Club, but maybe not yet. And then you chose it for re- reading. Um, so I was like, well, fuck, I'm going to have to pull this scab off now, don't, aren't I? Um, <laughs> but hey, whatever. Um, but no, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting to read. Um, but yeah, a lot. Um, as I say, I'm probably going to be chewing it over in my head for a while. 
Yeah. yeah, which I mean, I, I guess is kind of par for the course with most of this author's works. To be to be fair, like you know, you you will rarely be left a indifferent as mentioned, or b with something that is kind of a, a a light piece of fare that you can just kind of brush off. And be like, yep, that was the thing that I read. Like it is something that's going to come back and and needle you for at least a few weeks afterwards. Yep. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So yeah, that's um, Inyo Asano's downfall. Unless you have anything else, Andy. Nope, I think that's everything. Cool. So, um, moving on to the last part of the show, we can talk about what we're going to be talking about next time. Um, first and foremost, uh, my pick for next episode is, um, this is a series that, um, I've been going off on about on social media. Um, it is called A Side Character's Love Story. Um, and yeah, I, I just want to talk about it more. So I'm forcing Andy to read it. Sorry, Andy. Cool. And, that and sounds good to me. Andy, how about you? Uh, yeah, so my pick is uh, something that, uh, that I hadn't really heard about until the, the anime adaptation came out and everybody, or at least a lot of people, were kind of losing their minds over how good it was. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a boys' love title, but uh, hey, that, that hasn't stopped us in the past and it won't here either. Um, and my pick is Volume 1 of Given. Cool. Okay, I've never heard of this. Um, sounds fine. We'll go, let's go for it. Fuck it. So, uh, moving on to the last part of the show, close down. Um, thank you very much for listening. You can find our website at screentone.club. If you like the podcast, tell a friend about it. Word of mouth is still the most powerful way of getting more um, suckers to listen to this. Um, tweet about it, maybe. Um, if you like the show, maybe give it a review on iTunes or wherever your podcast platform of choice is. That stuff really helps. Um, follow us on Twitter at ScreenToneClub, uh, where we will tweet about what we're going to be talking about uh, you can also email us at show at screentone.club um, personal stuff my name is elliot page um, you can find me at elliot page on twitter and um, also you can find me at questionable.systems where i have actually now just released a small game about croissants um, if you fancy um, for free it's on itch whatever like all these video games are nowadays and andy how about you uh, yes you can find me on twitter where i post important things about anime with half-life uh, voiceovers over the top of it um at uh, hannah's 1979 i love that tweet i love that i love that video it's so good it's so good it works perfectly oh dear where's your yuri season six or whatever the fuck it's on now anyway uh yeah yeah we should uh i mean yeah they've they- there should be a full-blown season four, but, you know, who knows if that will ever come to I don't know. I think at this point I prefer another OAV, like that camping one. That was real good. Yeah, yeah, that stuff has worked really well. And, I mean, again, like I really wish somebody would, like, re-pick up the manga in English, given that that was a, a, a J-manga title that seems to have disappeared off the face of the planet. But that's another story. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast, frankly. So, um, thank you very much for listening. And from me and Andy, good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.